One morning, a mother was cooking pancakes for her two young children, and the two young children were arguing about who would get the first pancake. The mother, a faithful Episcopalian who, just like all of you, listens carefully to the gospel reading every Sunday, (laughs) thought that this was a perfect opportunity for a biblical lesson. So she said, if Jesus were sitting here, he would say, you can have the first pancake, I'll wait. And then the older child said to the younger, you be Jesus. The themes for All Saints Sunday pull in two very different but related directions. On the one hand, we say these prayers and sing these hymns and remember saints, such as those depicted beautifully on the cover of your leaflet. We read, sing, and pray all of that and visualize it in light of this gospel reading one of the high points of Jesus' teachings, which are summarized by simply saying, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And what applies to your friends applies to your neighbors. And so we think about people who have done just that, who've, who've lived faithfully and sacrificially in light of our Lord's teachings. I think of someone such as a Desmond Tutu, God rest his soul, who who just died recently. He was one of the great bishops of the Anglican Communion who fought apartheid in South Africa and advocated joyfully for human diversity in the church and in the world. Someone whom we know meditated daily upon Christ's teachings, reverenced Christ in the sacrament. That sounds like a saint to me. And I have no doubt that when the Episcopal Church updates its, its saint's calendar, Tutu will be on it so that we can remember his witness and celebrate him among the communion of saints. All Saints Day is November 1st, so last Tuesday. The Episcopal Church makes a, a pastoral exception and lets you celebrate it on the 1st, such as a Tuesday, and then move it to Sunday because most of you show up on Sundays rather than Tuesdays if you follow my drift. The very next day is All Souls Day. And All Souls is an image that that means a lot to this community and has for decades. For decades, the choir has sung a requiem mass on All Souls evening in which we read the names of the departed from the last 12 months. It was Wednesday night. It's stirring and moving and haunting and comforting. Our columbarium on the East Lawn is named All Souls Walk, where hundreds of people are already buried and hundreds more already have plans for that to be their spiritual home. So that image, All Souls, means a lot to this community. And I know the difference between all saints and all souls. I bet you do too. All souls sounds a lot more generous and ambiguous and inviting, as if anyone can get in that columbarium, and in fact, they can. And they do. Who doesn't have a soul after all? 
This tension between these two images, all saints and all souls, is actually a lovely one. And it really does go back to the four, four gospels. Not, not literally, the, 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 the saints and the, the days, the feast days come, come well after Jesus and the gospels. But the meaning of those terms are just embedded in the four Gospels. On the one hand, Jesus in his teachings and certainly in his example is is crystal clear about what a life of love looks like, what it means in flesh and blood terms to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and for that to apply even to one's enemies. Jesus lives that in the most beautiful and clear and tender and dramatic way. And yet, on the other hand, in those same four Gospels, again and again and again, Jesus is drawn to crowds of people who don't take his teachings as seriously as as others do. He's drawn to people who are on the margins and the periphery, people who are half-hearted in their faith, people who have just a mustard seed of faith. People, for example, like, like the Samaritan leper, who was ostracized in the community because of his leprosy, not to mention the fact that he was a Samaritan. And that's the one Jesus hones in on. Or just crowds of hungry people who really aren't following Jesus in order to hear his teachings necessarily, but are drawn to his life and the bread that he offers. And in fact, it goes even further than that. Jesus really makes no distinction between saints and souls, and people in the Gospels who superficially appear to be the most religious are often the times that Jesus is the most frustrated with. So even Jesus seems to revel in this category of souls, all souls, and feel at home there. I think the high point of his own words that summarizes that second, broader, more ambiguous approach is when in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 11, Jesus says, And the choir just sang it. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's remarkable. We follow and worship a savior who a savior who on the one hand is so clear in his teachings about the way of love and the way of generosity and yet on the other hand is the same savior who promises to help us put our feet up every now and then to find rest not to always have to try so hard who will be patient with us when we say to our neighbor, you be Jesus, the one who tends and cares for our souls so that, hopefully, with God's help, after a good night of sleep and a lot more soul care, we can begin again in the new day in the morning light.